Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of our Tea to Green Winter Rules Podcast here in early February. We welcome you into our Tea to Green studios at Golf Dojo on Transit Road in Williamsville. Thanks for being with us here. Our Tea to Green team today, comprised of our PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for being with us here. A Tea to Green Winter Rules podcast presented by Golf Dojo, as we are here at Golf Dojo on Transit Road in Williamsville, their other location now uh, on Niagara Falls Boulevard in Tonawanda. Great spot to uh, come and work on your game, bring your friends, hang out, get all the numbers. Jeff, I was just here yesterday with my son. We were hitting it. We played Pebble Beach <laughs> because we couldn't watch it on TV, <laughs> unfortunately. You say you're the only ones. That's right. <laughs> we were the only ones that played Pebble yesterday. I think a lot of people were playing Pebble here <laughs> yeah. yesterday, as a matter of fact. It wasn't on TV, but it was fun to play. And yeah, it's just fun. It's a, it's just a cool place to, to get your golf on during the winter and get a lesson and get tuned up and Bring you know, have a good time playing some golf with some buddies, or by yourself and get your numbers. And I, I need to start doing that because I haven't swung since. Oh gosh, it's been too long. November dude. maybe. Uh, an athlete like you, it's just like turn that's the true. switch. That's yeah, true. It's just a short game. This. Really, you just got to hone. That's the short exactly game, the right? sound it'll make when he makes that first <laughs> <Yeah>. swing. <laughs> it'll be his neck. That's yeah, true. <laughs> that's very true. Yes. All right, coming up here on our ap- episode this week, uh, we're going to talk about. Pebble Beach and the rain shortened event and Wyndham Clark's incredible 60. Uh, also, with there being no golf on Sunday, we also uh, got a little exposure and talk about the live event, which was in Mexico. So I'll give you my thoughts on that. I actually watched the playoff. It was the most live golf I've ever watched, uh, which hasn't been much at all. Uh, and also... Uh, for those of you list, listening that are a golfer in Erie County and you play regularly maybe at Elma Meadows or Grover Cleveland, uh, an inter- interesting article in the Buffalo News uh, about if you're in the league and what that means here. So that's all coming up here on this week's show. Again, Winter Rules, our Tita Green team presented by Golf Dojo. If you want more information on how to get uh, a membership here at Golf Dojo, make tea times, get lessons with the great Jeff Metis, my Golf Dojo. Dot com. I like that. The great the Jeff Minas. That's, that's actually, should, well, that that's, should be my new prefix. Mrs. Sylvester just asked me, asked me today about, uh, I, I think I need to, to get a lesson here before we I mean, it does going, say so. it on your business card. Right. You hand it to the me. great it Jeff <laughs> quotes the great Minas. I'm not boasting. Right. I'm just stating facts. <laughs> that's right. That's what I've been told, and I tell people. Yes, right. It's subjectively provable. Yes. Hey, Kit, before we uh, get into I just I just want to say something about a, a Western New York guy. Um, I worked with Jeff Sluman, uh, Rochester great, this past week uh, for the Pebble Beach on uh, PGA Tour Live. And I had not met Jeff before. And, uh, you know, and I don't, like, we get our assignments, like, the week before, like, the Friday before on who, you know, who you're going to be paired with. Like, you you, kind of don't know. And I was like, all right, I got Jeff Sluman. Awesome. Never met him. You know, uh, growing up in Waterloo, New York, I, I, you know, watched the the news and Rich Funky would have stories on Jeff Sluman and, uh, you hear about him on the radio, and um, he uh, was sponsored by Paychecks. He was owned by Galsano, and I had worked for the Sabres. So, anyways, we had a lot in common and had a fantastic time. What a what a great human being Jeff Sluman is. He's just like a he's a Western New Yorker. He's got yes. that he's got that Western New York spirit about him. I've done a lot of announcing on the first tees at the major at PGA Championship. One of the coolest things I got to do was the PGA Senior Championship, and it technically says like he's from Florida. I think he lives in Chicago, actually, but uh, not anymore. He's not in, anymore. Yeah, he, 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 they've sold Chicago. They're in Florida exclusively now. But to announce him on the tenth tee at Oak Hill during the tournament, and to hear the cheer from the crowd when you said and past PGA champion 
Jeff Sluman. It was one of the cooler things announcing that I've got to do, and it was a uh, it was really cool. And he's he's just a fun guy. That was his first win. He, the, the first tournament he won on the PGA Tour was 1988 PGA Championship. Mm-hmm. Didn't win again until 97. Said it felt like forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to get him on the show sometime. Um, he, he'd do it. He, he, yeah. He's you know he's. He was taught by Craig Harmon for years and years, and he's an honorary member at Oak Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Now, so yeah, he's still working on. He st- he was working on his game every morning before before we go to work. He's like, he's out there working, still still grinded at 66. Is he that old? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good for him, and cool experience for you too. Yeah, it was we, great. We know one of the icons in Western New York golf for sure, yep. Jeff Sloan. Yep. So uh, yeah, so Pebble Beach. Speaking of iconic golf courses. Pebble Beach, we know one of the best on our podcast. Last week we talked about how great we all love Pebble Beach and, you know, how is 18. I had our discussion from last week. It was Pebble Beach the best 18. I actually brought it to work and talked to some other people about it. The the Bay Hill one was definitely underrated after people were talking about how we talked about the best 18. We know Sawgrass gets a lot of love. Pebble Beach probably would maybe come to mind first, Kevin. But uh, It's a wide fairway at Pebble. Off the tee, really, like yeah. not left, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> not left. And, and maybe, and maybe what we, you know, there's probably different ways. I phrased it to you guys: what's the best one? What's the most challenging one? Maybe, probably the most memorable for people would they would say Pebble Beach 18. But I think when you described Bay Hill, and I keep thinking about all those iconic moments and the shot over the water to what is the Sunday traditional pin placement. That's always such a great finish at the Arnold yeah. Palmer Invitational. I, I, the more I thought about it, I'm going to go Bay Hill. Just because of all the all the history we've had there, uh, on those finishes, uh, even look at last year, Kitayama's putt, right? That almost and he needed a two putt, but um, you know he almost dropped it in and just uh, uh, and all the Tiger putts that the he Tiger won. plays. You <laughs> know, Didn't Robert Gomez hold down a wedge in the fairway to win that event? Yeah, Robert Gomez. Yeah, yeah yes, yes, he yes. did. I remember yep, that one. Good memory. Yep. So anyway, Pebble, of course, this week some great views and. Unfortunately, one round short, uh, a 54-hole event. Uh, they cancel it due to the weather, and it was the right decision in that sense. Uh, for a lot of the reasons why the Bills game was canceled here, Kevin, is that it's not just solely about can you swing the golf club, just like the Bills game wasn't solely about can Josh Allen throw the football. There's so much involved in that decision. Well, first, uh, the uh, it was dangerous, okay? Yeah. Like uh, camera towers got knocked over, trees, I mean, these – Tall pines, eucalyptus trees falling over, powers out in the area. I mean, it was a state of emergency situation for the community yeah. uh, there, uh, let alone the golf. And plus the golf course had so much moisture in it already. They got an inch of rain overnight, Sunday into, uh, Saturday into Sunday. They're, they're forecasting another two to three. It's like you can't take no, any mortar. They had no chance. And how are you going to yeah. get the markers and the scorekeepers and the, you, the video no, people? No, you can't. You, you can't. can't. You can't get staff from get everybody piling in there. It's not a. It's just one of those things. And, and because of that storm and you know carryover, things weren't clearing out till like late later Monday morning. So e- even then, okay, now you've got to clean up, prepare. Yeah, That's not chain, enough time to do that, right? Yeah, chainsaw trees out of road, so yeah, can get into, yeah, and they had a driving ban, if I'm not mistaken, in the area. So. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah, right. That's yeah, that's another problem. I have some colleagues who I think are still there, stuck. You know, <laughs> good yeah, place so. to be stuck. Well, not with that. Weather. Well, not with that weather, but yeah, yeah. right. Carmel's. Maybe Jim Nance had them all over the house for <laughs> Carmel's a nice gathering. little town there. Yeah, it works out well being in there if you're stuck anywhere for sure. Yeah. So how about let's let's take a few minutes here on just Wyndham Clark. We know coming off of his U.S. Open win last year. Uh, where that was really his first big moment on the PGA Tour, uh, and now he shoots Kevin an incredible 60. He had a putt for 59 on the final hole, 
which just came up just inches short. In fact, he had some putts on the last three holes That's that right. just came up short. 16, 17, and 18 left it right in the heart. I, I thought 17 was in. I don't know how that didn't go down. But how about the break? There's two two uh, pivotal holes, I thought. Uh, for, you know, he, he went eagle, 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 the two par fives in the front. He uh, What a bogey he made on 12. I mean, he shanked it mm-hmm. off the tee. Yep. And then it was a heavy shot that went to an awkward and hit left-handed. I was kind of surprised it's by one that. one of the best bogeys you'll see. And okay. then it went to the back fringe and used putter from 25 feet in the fringe and made it for yeah. bogey. Incredible bogey. That decision, sometimes a bogey but, is the best like the best save of your round. That's how you keep, he, yeah. So he makes a bogey and shoots 60. Yes. Like, so do you, after your round, like, what do you whine about after your round when you're at the bar? Right. You know, I could have if I would have just made it. Well, he also got, a, he also got a, a ruling in his favor of a burrowing animal. Had, he got that. a free drop on 16 and over the native from a bur- burrowing animal. Yeah, and then he got a good clean lie after he yes. dropped it. Yeah. But, so, you know, take hey, advantage of that. Right. He, he can lament the uh, – it's funny. Uh, Jeff Sloom and I were talking about this. All right, so is he, is he uh, you know – uh, mad, you know, I mean, thinking about that one forever. I go, I don't know. He just shot 60 and set the course record on Pebble when you shanked the shot and you had a, a tee ball. I think he's happy. Yeah. And he certainly seemed happy. And I think he also knew, like, hey, you know, if, if these guys don't catch me coming in, I got a good chance. I've got a good chance to win this. Yeah, because we're not playing. Yes. Yeah. And there was a lot of discussion on the on the broadcast about, hey, do the guys know that maybe this could be it? Oh, and, they knew. And Clark did say that he did kind of amp up his aggressiveness and yeah. attacking of pins of saying, look, if I'm going to come back and win this, this is what I had to do. And uh, for Ludwig Ober, who ended up finishing one shot now, back. Did you see he changed his name? Now what is we it? We got a video oh, sent geez. to us. And said, this is how I want TV producers to say my Ludwig Oberg. Now it's Oberg. It's Oberg now. That's so yes. he's Americanizing it. And then here's the, <laughs> here's the other thing that kills me. And I, I so I found this video. We of, just did this for months, getting it in my head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I know. Oberg. I know. Okay. I it's Oberg. <laughs> uh, and, you know, some of the guys, even on the national telecast, some were saying Oberg, some were saying Aberg, right? Um, and then there's another player, the guy from Belgium. I'm like, man, I think everybody's saying it wrong. And I, I found this video, and I actually I'm waiting for uh, an email back from an official to tour because on the video this player says, "Hi, my name's Thomas Detry, and here are five things about me." But everybody's calling him Detry. Detry, yeah, the long e. But out of his own mouth, he says, "Hi, I'm Thomas Detry." Usually, how they pronounce it is probably that's correct. how I pronounce it. Yes. So, and my producer was like, "Isn't it Detry?" I'm like, "I'm going to send you something." Yeah. Anyhow, I digress, Brian. Anyway, so Clark's sixty. Really, really impressive. But those conditions, obviously, maybe lended itself to play how he wanted to, which would be really aggressive. The greens were soft, Jeff. You can go at them. And, you know, Pebble Beach is a tough set of greens to putt on. Can you explain that to everybody, the poa grass and how it grows? And Scotty Scheffler, who, again, played as good as anybody except for those short putts of, like, how it gets bumpy and those short putts, like, whether you want to just jam it in or you want to just – touch and just hope you don't hit a bump on the way and stuff like that well it's the off-season grass over there and and they get you know especially with the weather and everything else and you're having all the amateurs and everybody else play so there's more people on the greens because every every group has the amateur and the amateurs i mean and they're less cognizant of of maybe some of the etiquette and um and that green those kind of greens get a little spongy but obviously they're in great shape these this is one of the finest facilities in the world they have great budgets they have uh, I mean, if somebody's shooting 60, 
the greens got to be rolling pretty darn good. So I don't know that anybody could blame those greens that week for anything. And and typically when people are blaming the greens, I think it's because they're putting poorly or they're not making putts. People that are, I guarantee uh, the winner doesn't complain about how the greens were bumpy or thought they were spiked up for one minute. Yeah. And I don't think he can lament anything. He just had the greatest score in the history of Pebble Beach. And it's amazing to see the scores there now where you used to think, you know, 67 or 6 was just going crazy. Well, it's there. not long for them. True. Um, the par protection is the weather, True. right, and, yeah. and the wind uh, for it. Uh, it's mostly the beauty of the place. Oh, it's, yes. yeah. It's, and he, it's breathtaking. He made almost 190 feet worth of putts yes. in that final round. It was like 189 points, and that, and, seven or hey, eight or nine. Why don't like you, you include the bogey? That didn't count, right? He used putter. He putted <laughs> it, but it was not a putt officially. That's right. That wouldn't count towards his. Yes. Doesn't count towards a putting stat. So he had put well zero over foot of putts made on that hole. That's correct. Around the green, yes, mm-hmm. uh, stats. That is amazing. Scrambling. It would have been so he made over 200 feet worth of yeah. putts. So you don't go after that round and say, <laughs> well, if I just, yeah, if you made think 200 it, feet of putts. Think about this for Wyndham Clark, right? He's won three events here within the last 12 months. Uh, less than that, actually. Yeah. Once the Open. And, uh, no, he won the Wells Fargo, which was a, a signature event. He won the U.S. Open. Yeah. You know, designated a signature. Wins this. He's got three wins, and they've all been the largest purse uh, tournaments on the PGA Tour. This is from a guy who you know hadn't won before, hit the ball far, but everybody's wondering what's going on here. So um, he, he picks his spots uh, when to win. But interestingly enough, this is a guy who told his team, if you will, his agents, all right, you know what, I don't care what my equipment deal is, my clothing. I don't like my clothing. I'm going to go find what fits me, and I'm going to use whatever clubs that I feel work the best for me, and I'm done. I want to coach. I'm going to do this. Do this, and he's so he's kind of his own coach right now. Yeah, he got rid of his coach. Yeah, he he does it himself, and he he rededicated himself to fitness, and you know he he found a clothing brand that he like. You know what? I like how this fits. I feel comfortable with this. I know it's not the deal I had with Titleist or whoever, and uh, yeah, I want this driver, those irons. He uses, and it worked out. Yeah. He uses an interesting warm-up method where he hits it off the tee on the range. I don't know if you saw it, even wedges. So he hits a lot of shots off the tee when he's warming up just to shallow out his move. I guess that's what he fights. He gets steep and left, so he tries to get shallow, and so that's his drill before rounds, which I thought was pretty interesting. Nice. Yeah, Clark putting together quite a, a, a bit of a good start to his, I guess, last calendar year, as Kevin just said. Um, he was asked afterwards, too, uh, at some point in his long press conference about after that about whether he was approached by Liv to join. Yes. And he said he actually had conversations, but he said he was guided by some, some of the players, including Jordan Spieth, including Tiger Woods, that he said his focus right now is about world golf ranking and winning majors, and he said he wants that to happen on the PGA Tour. So, you know, I know his name was brought up last year at times when we get these rumors out there with players. His name was brought up last year. But that's what he said, and he goes at least for this year. So that was what he said, you know. Now again, thanks, you know, thanks for the qualifier. Right? Yeah. No one grows <laughs> up dreaming about playing on live, though. You know what I mean? You grow up dreaming on playing on the on the tour. I don't know, Jeff. Everybody knows the four aces. Yes. Yeah. Now live this week. <laughs> I got their T-shirt. Yeah. Live this week very beneficial in the fact that there was golf canceled on Sunday due to the uh, the weather at Pebble Beach that we obviously just mentioned, and live ends up getting. For those that were seeking to watch golf, an opportunity to watch them. And their event in Mexico 
goes to a four-hole playoff and essentially ends up being played in the dark. And for the theater of it, with the lights from the scoreboard and everything, uh, with I'm Yoke- sorry, wasn't it like the, all their tournaments played in the dark? All right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> they're copying the duster. They're copying there the duster. There you go. They are copying, they are copying the, the duster. <laughs> they had the lights on the scoreboard yeah. that was there on 18, but it was Neiman and Garcia, and they went four holes deep. And after the third hole uh, of a little back and forth, they thought it was going to be done because it got too dark. And Garcia kind of said, hey, let's. you want to go do one more here? And Neiman's like, all right, let's do it. So, you know, they uh, they had that mic'd up, which I thought was interesting to hear. Like, you know, would you guys want to wait till Monday? Or not? They wanted to play another one. So they ended up doing it, and it ended up uh, being Neiman who dropped a nice birdie putt off of the fringe to win. For Liv, this is probably their biggest TV moment ever in the sense that people were talking about it. It went to a playoff, two decent, na- two decent uh, names. Here's what I'll take from it. I thought it was, you know, it was, it was, it was good theater and the fact it was in the dark. You know, there's been better endings in the dark. I'll think of Tiger at Firestone or some of these other ones like that. But here's the two things that I thought were interesting that kind of, I guess, is back in the problem of where Liv is. Two interviews after the round that I listened to. One was with John Rahm. After, that was Rahm's Liv debut. He had a putt on 18 to try to get himself maybe into that what, playoff. Was it 18? They played in the shotgun. So he I actually was in that last okay. group, yeah. And he missed. Couldn't get into it. And he was interviewed afterwards. And the first question was, yes, John, even though you lost, your team won. And Rom's response was, yeah. He goes, I feel like I'm still going to need at least five minutes here. He goes, I am really upset that I couldn't get that done individually, was his word. And then, you know, eventually after kind of being prodded Cajoled. by <laughs> the, uh, the, the on-course reporter, who, of course, works for Liv, Said, you know, yes, you know, I'm happy for my team and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, the announcers kept saying how what a great feat it was for Rom in his first live event to win as a team for, I think, Legends 13, it's called, or whatever. Uh, uh, Legion. Legion 13. 13. Thank you. Yes, yes. Legion 13. So the 13th but team. And it's a, Rom it's looked annoyed like he would after a PGA Tour event where, look, I had a putt to get myself into a playoff and I missed it and I think I should have made it and he was pissed about it. And Rom, we know, is a fiery guy and was mad. And didn't really want to take the consolation that his team ended up winning in that event. Do they do the champagne spray after every yes, event? Yes. yes, they do. So Not that just, team had to wait for like that formula, four whole It's thing. like Formula One. Yes. yes. Okay, so that's part of their gig. Yes. So they the were all. Spray. So him and Hatton, who are our teammates, and then the two younger guys that make up that Legion's thirteen. Legion. 13, Legion thirteen. Yeah. Yes. They were waiting. They had to wait through right. this whole thing, and because they do the individual champion and the team champion. So then at the end, Neiman wins. Here's the other interview that I thought was poignant. Again, about Liv. The first response to him winning was saying that how he, I'll paraphrase here, was how he's not in the majors. Yeah. And now he's had two big things happen to him in Liv, and he's not in the majors. Well, it was kind of his I, like plea of like. He won the Australian Open. Yeah. And uh, I think that's on the Asian tour. And, um, and then he wins this, and he goes, yeah, but I'm not in the majors. <laughs> right. Well, that that's, that's what kind of deal. Like, you kind of knew up that's what. Yeah, you leave part of taking this check and signing up for this league yes. could lead to. Yeah, so you, you gave up that opportunity. Yes, I or, mean he can he can do he can do U.S. Open Open qualifying. Right, right. So he can still yep. go win other events. Like he right. could get into the Asian Tour, the deep whatever it is, and and yeah, and try qualify. to get points yeah. through that yep. way or whatever. But I just thought it was poignant. I said this is probably Liv's best moment in terms of its exposure. 
its TV coverage because they didn't have a, an opposite PGA Tour event. There was no even NFL at that point. It was what that Pro Bowl stuff was all done. So you know, if you're if you're flipping around looking for sports, uh, you know, as or if in me, I was on Twitter and they're like live playoff, and I was like, oh, all right, I'll check it out. There's nothing else going on. The golf was good, and it was Neiman and Garcia. I know these are great players, but. The comments afterwards reminded me of like why I took no value in the win. How was for the telecast? How was how was all the other stuff? Um, production, it, you mean? Like yeah, the how was the production? Yeah, I think it. the production was good. I mean, it, the microphones are as good as any sporting event in terms of like everything you hear, almost everything. Every so, player's mic'd up. So I think the mics are good. Um, and whether they have it on the caddy bag or however, I, I, from what I understand, the caddies are mic'd up, and I think they have a, they have a mic in the cup. Yes, they do have a muck in the cup. I do that. On 18, it, so you, you, can hear it, you can hear it rattle a little yeah. bit. So I think the audio was, was very good. Uh, the graphics, to me, even just something simple like they don't spell the full name out on the leaderboard, like that drives me bonkers. They wear shorts, yeah, drives yeah. me bonkers. Yeah, well, yeah, right. No, <laughs> drives I, me bonkers? No, I, I, I agree. I, it looks like a practice round. I, I think there is, you know, these are professionals, and I, I think the slacks is certain professionalism about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you differentiate yourself from the amateurs? And it just, to me, to me it doesn't look right in competition. It just doesn't. Yeah. And no. the only thing I saw, I saw a clip, uh, someone posted, Richard Bland had a hole-in-one, and, you know, you talk about the audio. So it goes in, it was like on hole eight maybe, and this is what you heard. Oh, yeah. The... There's like one person there watching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, was, I think I they mean, got a long way to go before sure. they have credibility, and the, um, and especially the in the American market. Yeah, and the broadcasters, and I understand this is what they're doing right now, were constantly telling you how great this live event is and that, you know, history is being made here today yeah. and all this sort of stuff. I get it. I'm, if, if I was getting paid by live, I'm sure that's how I was. There's a lot of hyperbole but, with it. Every day is history. So if, if, you can, if you can almost take that piece out of it. Sure. The, the golf with Garcia and Neiman, because, you know, these are two good players. Garcia is a legendary player for sure. And then, you know, I mean, I thought the mics were good. I don't love the graphics. I think that part should could do a little bit better with. Um, and the shotgun on the last round still doesn't seem like it sets the stage really well. Um, but, you know, that's obviously their format. I guess if I was going to tell Liv what to do, I'd say, look, you like your shotgun thing, do it for rounds one and two, and then for round three, I'm going to go away Or just do what the well, they don't have round Tour four. does on West Coast events like Pebble. Do yeah. split T's and threes or do, yeah. do, do, you do can, whatever. You can do still the get reverse most of the guys on Yeah, the, the reverse loop. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what uh, – You can get most guys on the golf course yes. that way. Um, hey, one more thing before we get to something local here, real yeah. quick. Did you see any of Allen, uh, Josh Allen playing? Yeah, at Pebble back Saw to a Pebble. Bit. Yeah. He showed, I think, more on his Friday round at Pebble. Yeah. Not as much at Spyglass, but uh, he was really happy because he said he finally beat Tom Brady. Tom, you know, I I might have <laughs> mentioned that, but uh, I only had him for two. Of, so I was working featured hole coverage, the par threes. I got him for two holes, um, five and seven, and they were not his finest. No. He he yeah. uh, stymied himself both times with tee balls. Uh, he he was up against the lip of the left bunker on five, which is exactly where you don't want to be. And then he had, had a buried lie in that back center bunker, the smallest one on seven. And like Mitchell's telling him how to hit the shot, and Brady's standing right over him, and you know just advances a little bit. And <laughs> Brady goes, "Nice shot." Yeah, Brady can't <laughs> talk. We saw all saw him yeah, top. Yes, right. He had the most viral moment <laughs> so of wait. all of of the group with the uh, the topping of the drive. Yes. So you watched him for two holes, and they were awful. Uh, 
Yeah, you're, they not allowed fun. To, you're not allowed to go to any games then, just so well, you can uh, just watch uh, from uh, home uh, from uh, now uh, on. He was playing nope. golf, not football. I know, but you sound like you might be bad luck with that stuff. Uh, <laughs> no. For those of you who know, a lot of players hit listen, a bad uh, shot. There's no uh, Kevin Jinx. There's no <laughs> announcer Jinx. We have no control whatsoever what's there. Got it. We're just presenting facts. I'm just thinking about For that. Those, I will say this. I do not want to see Josh Allen that event next year. I don't want to see him ever again. Yeah, I just I want to I want to see him preparing for, for a game next yeah. year. For those that didn't know, he and Mitchell finished in a tie for sixth in the amateur portion of the event. He beat Brady and Keegan Bradley by a stroke. He beat Rogers and his partner by two strokes. Well, it's because Rogers got canoed. So, <laughs> he did get canoed. <laughs> yes, went from a ten Rogers to a six went from ten a to four. ten to a four. So yeah. or, Rogers or no, four played, to a ten. I, I would hope yeah. Rogers uh, ten to a four. Yeah. How did he do that on a torn Achilles? That's I, weird. Well, he he was playing with the surgeon who did his uh, who repaired it. Oh, that yeah. was the other amateur in his group. Wow. Hopefully Rogers paid for him to be there. Probably. No. No, maybe not. Who knows? So Allen, I guess, wins the battle of the quarterbacks in there too. I think Steve Young did. Steve Young play too. Steve Young played, and uh, Alex Smith also played. And Alex Smith. So, and yes. Allen finished the the best of that. McElroy and his partner Jeff Rhodes, who's a CEO of some company, I think. Yeah. They uh, they ended up winning the amateur uh, tournament, but Allen and Mitchell pretty impressive, tied for sixth. Uh, let's finish with this local story here. Oh no, hang on one quick. Oh, go ahead, Rory. Oh, yeah, Rory. How much shop <laughs> credit do they get for that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, McElroy, he was leading the tournament on Thursday through the first 14 holes. Then he uh, uh bad drop, right? Maybe first 50. Yeah, he, he took a, a an illegal, improper drop. Right. Like, he wasn't trying to change. No. They he changed was, the rule. from, And he's going by the 2019 rule where you can take a club length from the line back. Yeah. Whereas in 2023, they said, no, you got to put it on the line. My only, uh, I guess, question for him would be, why didn't you, like, bring a tournament referee over? You know, because he's – I heard his explanation, you know, because you assume you know the rules and it's the simplest of drops but in your mind. But, but that's changed. what those guys are there to protect you from that happening. He should have He should have known the rule. He sure. shouldn't have had – he shouldn't – It was that's his fault completely. He, he knows, should know the conditions, ter- the tournament rules or the rules of golf – Jeff, I see guys come and, and, and for car path drops. Yes, for car path drops, which everybody knows. Or I probably would too, because I'd always be afraid of messing it up. But after you yeah. do it 150 million times, you think you know what you're yeah. doing, and you go. All right. Yeah. Anyhow, that's sorry. my theory on it. Yeah. I, I thought I saw that, and I thought that was interesting too. That he didn't even know the rule had well, changed. Well, yeah. his explanation it made sense. Like well, I, I went by the old rule, and I didn't know they changed it. You know, I can understand. I can understand there's a lot of changes in golf in the last year, and I can see how that got put to the back burner on everything going on. It's typically biannual. It's like so every two years they review them, but that's yeah. he's been a while. Well, that's why they just they just uh, reviewed the handicap thing, by the way. I Did saw you see that? that? Yep, yep. Nine now hole you can, rounds. Now your nine-hole round counts as a nine-hole round. You don't need another nine-hole round to marry it. To go with it. And also, if you play holes 10 through 17, it does an extrapolation for you for the score. Yeah, it'll, it'll it, predict what your score would be, right? Yeah, I think it does automatically assign yes. the handicap, like where people weren't doing that. There are like people that. already figuring out how to game the system already. <laughs> I guarantee right? it. Oh, I and I think par three courses count now, too. That's right, yes. Yes. Up, up, over 1,000 yards or something. 1,500 yards. 1,500, something yes. like that. Yep. So a hole-in-one out of par three can now can count as a real hole-in-one. Ooh. Well, you know what? Day. Yeah, you know what? Save that for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, that, that is another topic. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's finish here. I don't here think it does. Anyhow. No. With a, it does. Of course it does. Save it. It counts more than a single. Save it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to do this now? Right. Um, let's finish here. Story in the Buffalo News uh, yesterday, and uh, we want to credit the writer here, Barbara O'Brien, 
uh, wrote a... Is that the digital version? Do they even still print one? I don't even know. I'm serious. I'm reading the digital version right now. I know, but do they still print a physical copy? I think they do. They yes. moved it to Cleveland a little while ago, oh. and they run it up here or something like that. All right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. It's okay. So it's a, it's in this a, it's article... It's a Ken Dorsey printing, right? It goes from Buffalo to Cleveland. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyhow. Good good one there. All I right. like that. Thanks. Um, headline says, Golfers object to county Erie County's new nine-hole rule. Uh, quote, I'm preparing to move my league. So just Uh-oh. a quick little background here. Golfers that play in the Erie, uh, play in leagues at the two Erie County courses, that's Alma Meadows and Alma, Grover, Cleveland, and Buffalo, uh, play in leagues, men's and ladies' leagues. They have played 18 holes for decades, but it looks like this year they're going to move it back to nine. And a big piece of this, according to Troy Sninzel, who's the County Commissioner of Parks and Recreation and Forestry, says, the biggest complaint we've received the last few years is the lack of available tee times for the public. So... He said he checked with 15 other courses in western New York and only one had a league that played 18 holes. All the others play nine. So the county is hoping to free up more tee times this way. He said this way, if golfers that show up or are looking for tee times that aren't in leagues, they can start on the other nine, either the back nine or the front nine, whatever the league is not using. Larger leagues will sometimes be split. Half the members play the front, half play the back. Um, And then there's some quotes in here from some of the uh, the Elma Meadows Women's Club president, the Grover Cleveland president, just talking about the fact that they obviously don't like this at all. They said more golf's being played. We want to encourage that from everybody and all residents. We're trying to figure out ways to accommodate everyone where leagues can still be a part and a tradition of these courses, but at the same time, we can accommodate the high demand that is there with the public. And here we go. So that's kind of the the synopsis of the league there. Yeah, of the, with, uh, with I, it just seems, uh, it seems like a insular way to kind of go about you're, you're in a different category completely when you're running County golf courses and you're, you're, you're there to serve the people of your constituency and it's not a membership, you know? Correct. It's, the, it's the public. It's, it's, it's the public p- land. Right. And then all you're doing is freeing up the other nine during that time for people to get off for nine holes. It doesn't mean they can play 18 holes. It's depending on how many people are in the league yeah, I guess I would have tried to find a different way to resolve it because if someone's been playing eighteen hole leagues for a hundred years, they're still customers. Um, you sure, know, they yeah. don't have a golf professional or a PGA professional on staff or anybody that with any real intimate knowledge of golf industry, and they're trying to do it as a as a as a county. So they're trying to figure it out, and I just don't know if they they know. You know, hey, you're trying. We're in the people pleasing business. And sure, you're, you're, I know people well, get upset you, over everything, but when you try to please everybody, you're going to please nobody, right? Right. Um, yeah. It's, first of all, the good news is that there is the demand for playing golf, which is that's good news. Raise your that, rates. That <laughs> people are wanting to play. Yeah, and kudos for all these courses that are filling up and getting you know. So that's a good thing that we're we're seeing a growth in the game of Western New York, like we think it's been happening here. I was told, um, and I'm just going to leave it as I was told. Um, there was a league at Elma, a weekday, a certain weekday the league was 18-hole league, and they had so many playing in it that they would start at 7.30 in the morning, and they wouldn't finish till 4.30, right? So they would basically the whole day was One taken thing. by this league, this 18-hole league. Um, that had been going on for a while. So that's a day when essentially the course is closed, closed off, right, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the public. And again, to Jeff's point, it's a different category because it is, you know, publicly owned land by the taxpayers essentially Mm -hmm. so you can understand if there are other people 
uh, taxpayers who want to play and they don't get access to the golf course will go, wait a second here. You know, uh, it's, it's, this is a, a, a public facility, um, not open to the public. That's different. Right. Um, so, yeah, but, I, I, I get where the county's coming from here. I see both and sides. I get, and I get the other part, like, well, well, this is a tradition. Like, well, you know. It's also guaranteed <laughs> revenue. That's the way I look at it, too. When you have a league, if there's bad weather, they're still showing up and they still paid for their time. Well, I don't, don't know. I, well, is it? Well, typically, but yeah, I, don't I don't know if know that's the, the case county. with that, right? I don't know right. that that works that I way. would assume there's, what, a league fee to be in, yeah. and that fee yeah. covers Typically, you prepay your, your league Well, fee. here's the other thing. Like, who's going to take an 18-hole league? Not many people. Well, Not no, they, well, they, it depends. A lot of facilities would because if you give me guaranteed income and guaranteed rounds and people coming every Wednesday from 730 to 430 and I own a facility. But whoever takes that, then if you're, if you're only – if uh, you take that league in, then you've got kind of a similar problem, don't you? Right. Well, and that's what the commissioner s- said is that he checked with 15 other courses. Only one had a league that was 18. Everybody else is nine. Well, yeah. also, there's very few leagues that run for nine hours or whatever. Yeah. So it sounds – I'm sure there's a lot I mean, more than we know. Sure. Um, but I do think there's – there's a million ways to resolve it, and also if you're if you're worrying about three or four people complaining, but you're making 150 people happy, sometimes that's the other thing to consider. But I don't know the ins and outs of how they make that decision. Um, yeah, no, but I yeah, hear you. I'm I'm in the business of promoting and stimulating the game of golf, and maybe that's the right decision for that. But um, but it I'm seems not, like, it seems peculiar. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy playing league golf for nine holes. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine doing it for 18. Like, I'm just, you know, when you're competing in a league, it depends how you're doing it, right? If you're doing match play, stroke play, whatever. probably a lot of seniors, I'm imagining. Yeah, it's a weekday morning. It's weekday, and you've got to be there all day. Yeah. A lot of times, if if it's not retirees, you don't have the time to commit to that long. Right, yeah. I'm thinking it's a lot of retirees from the county, and they get to play, and yeah, and they love it. And And they've been doing it for years, so. It'll be interesting to see, yeah, the way I look at it, it'll be interesting to see whether it works out the way they thought, and I have a feeling maybe next year they're like, well, we, you know, yeah, we, we'll, we'll bring the league we, back. Yeah, yeah, well, that's you know that, uh, yeah, that, that could that's happen. Interesting. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I here again though, like if they uh, went from nine to eighteen, let's let's go reverse here, right? So what if they only had nine hole leagues? Say, hey, we're going to do an eighteen hole league. Well, then all of a sudden you get the outcry from people who aren't in the leagues to be like, well, wait a second here, you're taking away my access. So that goes back to the point where you're not going to please everybody with this. Jeff, I'll throw whatsoever. this out there because you say you know access promoting to the game, getting more people involved. If people know that the league is only nine holes, does that open it up to more people that would want to maybe join the league that couldn't commit to five hours but could commit to two and a half? See, I would think most of those people that would be able to commit to something like that, it'd have to be an evening league because most yeah. people are working and yeah. they play after work in nine-hole leagues. Yeah. That's why most leagues are nine-hole leagues. Did they Usually talk about what, start uh, at like four or five o'clock. You yeah. play for two that, hours. I, I find it hours. hard to believe, too, because I've worked at a, million, at a lot of the facilities, and there's a lot of 18-hole leagues run by members on weekdays. That Well, you know, that's just a little different. Yeah, right, yeah, there might be official, 24 or 30 guys. But that's guys. in a private. That's, that, those are private facilities. Right, and they right? can do whatever they want. Different. And, right, um, they can make their own rules. This is a county course. I, yeah. I'm going to read further You know, in the story here. Um, I don't know if it says this in the story or not, Brian, um, but I'm just going to read between the lines here. I read that as, you know what, we've got 18 whole leagues here, and they're not buying enough beer or hot dogs, so we gotta we got to bring some other people in here who are going to spend some money. The residuals. Right? right? I'm just saying, if they were spending, yeah, if they're all using carts. Or if and, they're all walking, which is probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, a couple more details okay. on what you were saying here. Thank you. So the women's club at Elma has been playing in – 
in this format for 60 years. Ooch. But they have 130 golfers. They have anybody who's played all 60 years? So I don't know. That's a good question. Possibly. But they said that about half of the 130 golfers only play nine holes. The other half plays 18. The average age of the members in the women's club is around 70. The youngest is in her upper 50s. Yeah, but that, but uh, hold on. But so, that's promoting and stimulating golf because you're getting women on the golf course. All right, but by, by stating the age of it there, that's, that, that's a delicate slope there. That's immaterial. It should I, not have I, a factor in the decision. I agree. I, I agree. I like So obviously someone uh, made that comment to the reporter, whoever wrote the story, and, you know, I'd be like, well, wait a second. So you're discriminating because of her age? Yep. So in total, the the four, the four um, the two courses, Grover and Elma, and the men and the women, there are about 550 golfers in the league, combined men and women at the two golf courses. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. That that's is a lot. lot. And that's in an 18-hole league? Yep. 500 people play 18-hole leagues? Well, between the men's and women's leagues at both facilities, and you were saying some play nine, right? Some so, play yeah, nine, yeah, some so, play 18. Yeah. Yep. It's still a lot of people. Hey, you're introducing a lot of those. A lot of constituents that are playing golf. And I know golf's open, but there's also Delaware Park. There's South Park. There's Kaz. There's other places. Those are city ones, I right? know. Yep. But, um, you know, if we, you can't play on Wednesday morning, sometimes that's the way it works. So you can't play Wednesdays there. Maybe you got to go somewhere well, else. Well, yeah. That's the way I look at it. But. <laughs> Correct. Yes. So yeah. the argument against it here is a quote from one of the people against it said, quote, they're essentially private golf clubs operating in a public space. Well, what do we? I don't. You know, I I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, if if it, there's going to be a lot of hyperbolic language. Yes, there. yes I agree. Yes yes, yes. yes. Anyway, so maybe more to this story to come here. But by the way, still, it's still an incredible bargain for those that maybe. What's it cost to play Elman right now? So weekday green fiends at Grover Cleveland have not changed since this 2014. Is, this is to walk. This, this is not to, to ride right. a cart. Eighteen dollars. Come on. The week. 21 on the weekends. Come on. For Elma, which, by the way, has been put into really good condition here. Um, they charge 20 for a weekday and 24 on the weekends for 18 Well, months. we just found, listen, I know it's, you know, it's because it's a government uh, facility. Yeah. Um, those rates, but uh, wow. That so is a bargain, It's a great man. bargain. And the money that the county's put which, into the courses has... Really Brian. improved it. Elmo has looked spectacular if you haven't been there lately. I haven't been there in, yeah. gosh, over 10 years. Um, well, that says it right there. Because of the price, the demand to play there, right? Supply and demand. The the demand is high to play there. I mean, for 20 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's a great deal. That's incredible. Deal. Yeah. No wonder why they're getting people saying, I can't get on. Yeah. It's a good problem to have, it's, I It guess. is a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. it's was, good for golf. So yeah. either raise a price or league players, just buy more beer. They'll keep you there. <laughs> Spend the money elsewhere. (laughs) All right. Good show. Thanks, guys. We're only a couple weeks away, Kevin, from our first live show with February 24th. Uh, We'll be back live on WGR. So, yeah, we're about two and a half weeks away from that. Be sure to follow us on social media at T to G Buffalo. And, uh, of course, if you want any more information on Golf Dojo, where we're broadcasting from here today, uh, mygolfdojo.com. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week here. For PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel. Thanks for listening. Tee to Green Podcast, Winter Rules, presented by Golf Dojo. We'll talk to you next time right here on our Winter Rules Podcast. <laughs>